This is the Budget-Minded Traveler Podcast, Episode 21. Welcome to the Budget-Minded Traveler Podcast, your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part? It won't break your bank. And now, the Budget-Minded Traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today on the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast. I have a great interview in store for you with actually an old friend of mine. Her name is Allison Terry. And Allison and I actually went to high school together. We used to be on the yearbook staff together way back when. That's really throwing it back. But um, she is a total rock star. After college, she actually went to Ghana in West Africa with the Peace Corps. And not only did she do her two-year commitment there, she actually stayed for a third year, which she's going to tell us about. But I really wanted to bring Allison on to talk about the Peace Corps because it's an incredible opportunity to get out and travel and not just travel, but to move overseas to completely learn a new culture, which I can attest to is, is, you know, I think the best thing you could ever possibly do. Um, it, it takes traveling to another level, you know, when you move overseas. And so the Peace Corps is a really great opportunity to do that, especially if you're on a budget, because it doesn't actually cost anything. I mean, as you'll hear, there may be some medical things you need to take care of that that will cost you some money up front. But they, meaning the Peace Corps, they cover your expenses and kind of take care of you. And so it's a really great opportunity if you are fit for the job. And we're also going to talk about who the Peace Corps is for. So um, I'm definitely excited to share this information with you. It was very enlightening to me. I myself, um, I used to be interested in the Peace Corps when I was a freshman in college, I think. And I actually went the study abroad route and kind of put the Peace Corps set the Peace Corps aside, um, I didn't find anything that that really spoke to me for what you could volunteer for. Um, and so we're going to talk about all of those things and more with Allison Terry. So here we go with that interview. Hope you guys enjoy. Okay. I'm so excited to bring on Allison Terry to the show to talk about the Peace Corps and share a whole bunch of stuff about um, her experience in the Peace Corps. So Allison, welcome. How are you today? Good. Thanks. How are you, Jackie? I am good. Thank you so much. So we know that we're going to be talking about the Peace Corps, um, but why don't you first tell us who you are, uh, just a little bit about your background, where you come from, so that so that the audience knows who, who they're listening to. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, my name is Allison, and I currently live in Denver, Colorado, where I work for a nonprofit organization and I help run a multi-year leadership program for high school students, um, which is pretty fun and kind of related to my experiences in the Peace Corps. Um, but before moving to Denver, I lived in Boston and worked as a news correspondent for the Christian Science Monitor. I moved to Boston from Washington, D.C., where I went to graduate school at American University. I grew up in Carson City, Nevada, which for people who don't know, is near Reno and Lake Tahoe. Yeah. <laughs> Minor <knows> detail. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was a good place to grow up near the mountains and skiing and um, definitely a good place to still call home. Um, but I received my undergrad degree from Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, California. 
And then between my undergrad and graduate studies is when I served in the Peace Corps. And I lived in Ghana, which is in West Africa, for the geographically challenged. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I was there for three years. And that is exactly why you are here today, because I can't wait to get into this with you. Uh, The Peace Corps, to me, seems like such a great, I guess, avenue for a lot of people to, you know, an opportunity to travel, but not just travel, like really get to know a place, its people, etc. And, and, you know, um, giving back as well. There's that whole element of that. But I think that there's a lot of confusion around a lot of questions. Um, There's a lot of people that just don't really know much about it. So um, how did you first hear about the Peace Corps and and how did you decide that it was something that was going to be right for you? How did you know? Um, Well, it's kind of funny. I feel like I've always I always had this kind of vague romanticized knowledge of the Peace Corps. I knew it was something that existed and that people traveled across the world and lived in, you know, a mud hut in Africa for two years and tried to build something. And so I kind of had that vague knowledge in middle school and high school. And then it wasn't really until I was in college that Peace Corps became something that was plausible, like, hey, that is something that I could actually do. Mm -hmm. And um, the idea, funnily enough, kind of came from George W. Bush, (laughs) During one of his State of the Union speeches, he made a call to young Americans to serve their countries. And one way that he suggested doing that was Peace Corps. And I don't agree with George W. Bush about many things, but um, for whatever reason, that was something that really resonated with me, that idea of serving not just my, my country, but another country and, you know, what... what a wonderful way to experience a new culture, but also be able to give something back. And so that Mm -hmm. idea of service really resonated with me. And and I guess it probably seemed like he was kind of talking to you since you already had this notion of maybe doing the Peace Corps. And it's important to pay attention to the signs, I think. And so that's kind of like, hey, this is your time. Like, guess what? You've been thinking about this. Go do this. So that's cool. Exactly. And then um, while I was still in college, my brother actually did Peace Corps in Kyrgyzstan. And so I learned so much from his experiences, um, kind of the process and his assignment. He was a he taught English to high school students and but also kind of seeing the other side of what kind of emotional and physical tolls (laughs) living in another country for two years has on a volunteer. So Mm -hmm despite kind of the challenges that I saw him go through, it still felt like a right idea to me. And um, I was a international studies minor in college. And one of my professors was one of the first Peace Corps volunteers in Kenya. And I just remember sitting in his classroom and hearing his stories and just being like, yes, this is incredible. What an amazing experience. I want to do that. And Mm -hmm. so when I was getting close to graduation, um, I had been offered a job to stay in San Luis Obispo and work at the local newspaper, but I was working on like arts and culture stuff. And I was just like, this is, this is not what I want to be focusing on. I want to be out in the world and learning and helping. And 
this is not where this career would be headed. And so I started applying and got into the Peace Corps and left for Ghana kind of nine months after I graduated. That's so awesome. So what, okay, to my knowledge, like I, I have a very, I guess I've looked into the Peace Corps as well, but to me, none of the things that you can kind of volunteer for have really stood out to me. So mm-hmm. what happens then? Like, what are the, I mean, and I feel like that's kind of a big sign, you know, it's like right. maybe you're drawn to something specifically, or maybe you're just not. And like, that's what my biggest thing was, is I just never was. And so I put the brochure down, you know, mm-hmm. but what are the types of things that you can volunteer to do within the Peace Corps? Like, and do you have to have skills for these things or do they teach you? Like what, what's involved? Right. So the Peace Corps has several broad program areas, which include education, health, agriculture, environment. Uh, There's community economic development and youth development. And so when you apply, um, you kind of give two or three choices. Like what would your two top choices be for the program area you would want to be in? Okay, right. And so, and then while you're, when you're applying, the recruiters look at your resume and kind of your education experiences and work experiences and see kind of where your skills would kind of mesh with what they're looking for on the ground in the countries where they work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that being said, it's, so I was a liberal arts major. I majored in journalism and then I was nominated for the health program And I, for my top choice, I had put youth development because I had been a camp counselor and that seemed kind of the best fit for my experiences. Yeah. Peace Corps had a different idea. (laughs) No kidding. I would be terrified if I was nominated for the health program. Yeah. And it wasn't just, it was like I was nominated for the health program in Sub-Saharan Africa. And so I think that definitely scared my parents more than it scared me. They were like, oh, that's where malaria and HIV are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, yeah. That's right. That's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, like you said, if you don't get the program where you think you want to be or what you feel like you would be best at, it does kind of make you take a step back and say, oh, okay, is this still the right idea or is this still the right thing for me? Because mm-hmm. it's and, a big commitment. I mean, it's a big commitment. So. It is. And I think that I was still more dedicated to the idea of like dropping everything and just going. Um, Cause I didn't really care where they sent me. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I, at th- this point I would go wherever just to have this experience of living in a different culture and being immersed in it. And so even though I was nominated for a sector that I was like, I don't know that that's where my skills are. I still went for it because it still felt like, you know, it was still the adventure. Like that's still what sold me on it. Right. And like that was your opportunity. So right. yeah, take it yeah. kind of thing. And I think that with Peace Corps, that is really more of what they're looking for. I mean, they try to match you with your skills as best you can, but what they're really looking for are motivated young people who are willing to move halfway around the world for two years. Mm -hmm. And so when you get there, they definitely 
like you go through two and a half months of training and that is language and cultural, but also technical. So when I got there, I learned about kind of all the different health education programs like within Ghana that I would be working with. And so it was Mm -hmm. less scary. Like I didn't have to be the technical professional on all these things. It was more of you're just working with people in your community who know these things, but helping them teach it in a way that will reach more people. Kind of like a facilitator, like an implementer almost. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which a glorified event planner. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that can be tough. I mean, these things can be kind of general skills though. So that's, that, that is, that is a little bit less scary. So did you know that you were going to be able to have that training? I guess like, can you tell us a little bit about the process of, of applying? Like what, what do they tell you? How do you know these things? (laughs) Well, it's kind of funny. I feel like you just don't really know what you're getting yourself into (laughs) until you get there. (laughs) Because um, the application process is long. Mm-hmm. It's they recommend uh, nine months to a year, and mm-hmm. it definitely it took me a year from when I started applying until when I left. Mm-hmm. And Peace Corps did just launch a new initiative that says the application process is supposed to be more streamlined and take less time. But it's still it seems when I was looking at the website, it seems like it still takes them a year to place people. Mm-hmm. And wow. so okay. I, um, it starts with an online written application. Um, you know, you have to write an essay about why you want to join or what you hope to get out of it. And, you know, they look at your resume, education, work experiences, and you kind of set, send all that as like the first step. And then they have regional recruiters all across the country who interview applicants. Mm-hmm. And so my college had a Peace Corps office in our library where a recruiter had office hours. And so I did my interview with him. And then the recruiters are the people who officially nominate you to the Peace Corps program. Okay. And so once you've passed their interview, your name goes back into the system as someone to keep going in the process. Right. That makes sense. And, yeah. And then you get a letter like a month or two later saying you've been, and that's when I found out I was nominated for the health sector for sub-Saharan Africa. <laughs> so you found that out pretty quickly then, right? Or, uh, so I, or how far I, are we into the process? By I now? started, I sent my application in, in September. I think I did my interview in November or December. Okay. And then got my letter in January. Okay. So about halfway through ish. Or something. Right. So yeah. I, cause I remember getting my letter when I was at home, I think kind of during Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So I got the letter that said health sector, sub-Saharan Africa. And, and you freaked point, out. <laughs> no. I freaked out and my parents freaked out and they were like, Oh, you're serious about this. <laughs> what uh-huh. during this whole like pre application process, did you not think I was serious about this? Mm-hmm. But I think getting that letter for them was like, Oh, she's, she's going to do this and mm-hmm. she's going to go to Sub-Saharan Africa. And it was like, yep, here we go. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's probably like one of the, I think you have to be the most brave or something. There's something in my head just saying like, you must be brave to go to Africa with the Peace Corps. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, but and, that's awesome that you were like, yes, let's just do this. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think when I, whenever I thought about Peace Corps, 
to me, sub-Saharan Africa was always kind of like, that would be the ultimate Peace Corps experience. That mm-hmm. is the most romanticized idea of Peace Corps is living out of like in the Serengeti. <laughs> yeah, with the, in like a dirt hut. And yes. isn't that like where you lived? <laughs> I know. I mean, didn't you kind of live in a dirt hut? I mean. Well, there were definitely people around me who lived in dirt huts. My house was um, a little bit nicer. It had a metal roof and uh, cement, like it was built of mud and then they used cement to kind of solidify the wall. But Okay. Well, let's let's get to that in a little bit because I still right. have a couple questions about the um, application process. Right? Does it cost anything to like? Are, have you have you spent any money by this point of applying? Um, at that point, no. But then, so after you get your letter saying you've been nominated into your sector and location, um, you have to go through a bunch of medical tests, mm-hmm. and so. You have to pay for those exams, and I had to get extra vaccinations, and so I had to pay for some of that, and then I had cavities, and they don't let you go if you have, like, cavities, and so there were, like, the dental costs and medical costs to apply, and then, um, so once you, that's where you would spend the money, and once you complete the medical testing and then there's some additional paperwork, once all that is turned in, like that's when the waiting starts. And so I was done with all that testing by April. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't find out until July where I would be going exactly. And even like the week before they told me where I was going, they had sent me this email being like, well, we know we said Sub-Saharan Africa, but how do you feel about Eastern Europe or Central Asia? Oh, my gosh. I wrote back and I was just like, no, I don't like that idea because that that is where my brother had been. So I was like, I feel like I saw what that would be like in that. I mean, you told me Sub-Saharan Africa six months ago, so that's kind of what my heart is set on and. Then it was like the next week they were like, okay, you're going to Ghana. Yay. Yeah. September. And I was like, oh, okay. That's two months away. Yay. How did you feel when you got that letter? I felt so good. It was, I mean, I had kind of narrowed down the countries where I thought I would be placed just based on my language skills. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ghana is one of the only English speaking sub-Saharan African countries. Everywhere else is, it's a lot of French. Okay. Yeah. Based, uh, based on colonial powers and where countries were. Um, and so I knew I didn't have any French, so that I knew I'd be going to one of the English-speaking countries, which would either have been Ghana, Kenya, or South Africa. And so I had pretty much narrowed it down to, like, those three places. Mm-hmm. And then once I found out it was Ghana you know, you kind of go into this like, okay, now I need to learn everything there is to know about Ghana. And so you get online and you're like, where is it first? <laughs> and like, yeah. What is it like? What's the temperature? What do they do? And so mm-hmm, yeah. at that point, you just get so excited to figure out where you're going to be going that, and that you just finally know where it is and right, when you're yeah. leaving. I mean, a year of waiting. Like yeah. how good. How, yeah. It must be amazing to finally find that out. Yeah. So then, um, okay, so does the Peace Corps cost anything then, like, to do? Because you do your tests. You've done that. Does it cost anything to be a volunteer? Do you have to pay for anything? Do they pay for your flights and everything? 
Yes. Okay. Like once you're in and you know where you're going, they set up all the travel arrangements. And once you're like, while you're there, you get a monthly stipend, which is usually more than more per month than local people are making. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not like rich by any means, but you're definitely living at a level that where you the people in the country are living. So okay, awesome. That, yeah. that is a good thing. But um, yeah, I mean, and so, and then once you're in Peace Corps, any medical costs, Peace Corps covers. Okay. So, so that's helpful. And yeah, then, no, that's really good to know. Yeah. Um, they, you can defer student loans while you're in Peace Corps, but the interest will keep accruing. Oh, okay. Which is not great, but... Do they, so I, I knew you could defer the interest thing I didn't know about. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, and is that for like the two years that you're abroad? It's a two year yeah. assignment, right? Yes. I mean, I yeah. know you went for three, but okay. So is there anything else that's like a benefit like that for being in the Peace Corps? Um, like at the end, do you get any kind of bonus or anything or? Yeah. Um, not very exciting bonuses. Um, so, so for every month that you serve in the Peace Corps, there is a stipend that they put in an account. And so while, when I was in Peace Corps, we earned $125 a month. And so when we were done with our service, you receive a lump sum of money. And to help so, you kind of get back on your feet? Or is it meant right. to be used for anything specific? No, it's kind okay. of like, hey, thanks for dedicating two years. Here's a little bit of startup cash. Yeah. Here's a tiny bit of money for you. In America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they also take taxes out of that. So. Oh, sad. Right. Ouch. So like when I was coming back, I had been there for three years. And so I, I had gone up to like $8,000. But when I got back, it was only like $6,000. I was oh, like, man. okay, that whole year was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah and then there are some graduate programs that have a partnership with Peace Corps so if you've done Peace Corps you don't have to take as many credits in order to graduate and then there are some small scholarships but nothing that like actually covers the cost of a master's program okay so you really don't do it for like the literal benefits of right money or yeah (laughs) so uh on that note what do you do it for like what what's the other side of that you know what can you get out of it uh for me I think it was Peace Peace Corps definitely teaches you what you're made of like it pushes you in ways that you never realized you could be pushed but also rewards in ways that you never realized um there's something about living in a different culture that makes you, that can be frustrating, especially, at least for me in my village, I was the only white person mm-hmm. and like for miles around. And that's, that was a similar experience of many of my friends in the Peace Corps, where it's just like, wherever you go, you stand out. And so people, there's a name for white people in Ghana and it's um, in the Northern part of the country, it's Silaminga. So if you're walking around, people are like, Salaminga, Salaminga. <laughs> like, like, hey, white person. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's nice. 
And like in the southern part of the country, it's Obruni. So it's like Obruni, 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 Obruni. It's like, okay, I'm right here. You can just say hello. You don't have to say, hey, white lady, hey, white lady. Oh, yeah. And so, so it definitely teaches you like a new sense of patience Mm -hmm. and a new sense of like self deprecation. Like you can't take yourself too seriously because people there don't. Like, if you are struggling with the language and trying to say the right thing and you say it incorrectly, it turns into, like, hours of laughter for little children (laughs) and adults as well. So Mm -hmm. you just, it's, it's, (laughs) it pushes you in a way that you just, like, you, we don't don't experience that day-to-day in America. You can be anonymous. You can blend in. Right, right, right. Of course. there you can't. And so... It's learning to deal with those frustrations and the life skill of being challenged and seeing it through to the end and coming out on the other side and feeling success in that. Yeah, which must be amazing, really. I mean, all those things, I mean, that's all just personal growth that you're bound to get that whenever you travel. But I think that spending two years in a culture like that, it's just, just kind of intensified (laughs) yeah no it is and I mean people travel to experience different cultures and to learn new things about the world and Peace Corps is just this like super in-depth intense way to do it Mm -hmm. where you are just like put in this village (laughs) by yourself good luck (laughs) exactly (laughs) they like remove the safety blanket and it's just you trying to figure out how to communicate and how to get along and yeah. how do things in this community work and why don't people come to my meetings? <laughs> <laughs> why doesn't anyone understand why I'm here? <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's talk about that. What did you do in Ghana? Like what was your role in the health sector? What did that look like? Right. So I was um, a health education volunteer and I was placed in a rural farming village called Ofusu. And it was in a district, there were seven or eight volunteers in the same district, but we were all spread out pretty far. But we all worked with um, the district health management team, which was based in the district capital. And they had, you know, four or five specific health goals that they wanted accomplished in the villages. And um, it was malaria prevention infant health and nutrition, HIV prevention, environmental sanitation, and kind of different things related to environmental health and hygiene, but also infant and maternal health. Which is, that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so it was, um, there was a nurse in my village, there was a small clinic there. And so he and I worked together with several other village volunteers who had been trained by the district. Mm -hmm. And really what we did was just set up different health care awareness programs. And so once a month at the clinic, we mothers with newborn babies brought the babies. And if they hadn't been vaccinated, the nurse would do vaccinations and we would weigh the babies and monitor their growth. Mm -hmm. So to make sure that they were, healthy and growing along, you know, kind of the median growth rate. Um, And so we would do that in our village, but then also go out to remote surrounding villages and do the same thing. 
And then so, we... Sorry. Um, yeah. So is this why you kind of said it? it's like a glorified event planner? Because were you yeah. the one kind of putting these events together and then you yeah. were uh, partnering with the experts that were there to exactly. let them kind of do the technical work? Okay, got it. Yes. I was like, okay, on Tuesday, we're coming to your village. And yeah. We're going to talk about this and we're going to do this. And, you know, there was usually someone in that village who I worked with who would make sure everybody knew and would show up. And, um, yeah. It, <laughs> so, so you, we, so you did that for like two years? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely interesting trying to work within the rhythm of the village life because, everyone, most everyone was a farmer. And so they would be gone all day at farm. And so you had to figure out ways to reach them either in the evenings or on like Fridays or Sundays when they didn't go to farm, you know, and so you had to look at how think how day to day life worked in the village, and how you could work with that. And so there was always a group of men who got together in the evenings and played soccer. And so we would go to that soccer game. And then people who were watching, we would kind of do on the side programs of, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is a mosquito net and Mm -hmm. this is how you use it. And this is why you should sleep under it. So you don't get malaria. Right. So just finding those like kind of little moments to be doing things. Yeah. Being observant and just figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, you, said that you stayed for three years so why did you stay did were you still doing your same thing no during that third year or yeah yeah no so I spending two years in a rural part of Ghana I felt like there was a lot I hadn't seen or and I felt like that there was more I could still do in Ghana and I wasn't ready to come back to the U.S. yet Mm mm-hmm And so I applied for a position in Peace Corps that's called a Peace Corps Volunteer Leader. And it's third-year volunteers who become more like volunteer trainers and advisors for new volunteers. And so I lived in a bigger city in the northern part of the country called Tomale. And there's um, there was a Peace Corps sub-office there. Like we had our main headquarters office in the capital, but then there were two other sub offices in the country. And these were places where volunteers could come and we would have their mail brought there and like extra medicine. There were computers and an oven. And it was a place where volunteers could <laughs> an oven. take a break. Yeah. <laughs> Bake some cookies and check yeah. their email and <laughs> reconnect with each other okay, and yeah. as a support system. And so I lived there and worked there Um, with another Peace Corps staff member. And so we were kind of the volunteer support system for the northern part of the country. And then that also gave me the ability to do more regional activities. Um, Like we had, um, there's a problem in the northern part of the country where the young girls go to cities in the southern part of the country to work as porters in uh, stations or transporting goods where they they carry big loads on their heads for people just moving around like cities in Southern Ghana are so busy and active that it's a place where they think they can go to get money. And then, but it ends up being pretty dangerous because there's not a system there to support them. So they end up sleeping on the street or, Mm -hmm. you know, sleeping with people like men to have a place to stay. And so 
is this big cultural problem that no one really talks about. And so we were able to do a video program where some previous volunteers had made a video about this issue, which is called Kayayo. And so we went to all these different villages where volunteers were and showed this video and had kind of community discussions and events about this topic. And so I was in a place where I could help coordinate all of that. And so I wasn't really in the village working side by side with people, but it was still a way that I felt I could contribute to kind of still those projects and issues that were important. Yeah, you really kind of took it above and beyond. I mean, two years sounds like a lot, you know, like the Peace Corps sounds intimidating. I mean, that's... Two year, I mean, I've spent a year overseas and heck, I mean, man, whoa. I mean, I wasn't ready to go after a year. So I, I do get that. Like the longer you're there, it's like you're home, you know, but, right. but that's, I mean, a two year program and, and you stayed an extra year. Did you just stay the one year? Yeah, there was definitely, it was definitely like halfway through that third year when I was like, oh, okay, I'm ready to go home. No, but that's good. I mean, yeah. I think it's good because it's better than going home, like kicking and screaming, which is right. how I kind of went home after my first year abroad, you know, right. just at and least it, you're kind of at peace with it, you know? So you yeah. felt like you came and did what you were trying to do and then your time was over. So. Right. And the third year was actually like a really good middle step. I feel if I had gone from my village back to the United States, my like cultural re-immersion would have been really difficult but like this third, like the third year I was there, I lived in a city that had electricity and running water and internet. And so it was like, and I was working with more American volunteers as opposed to local people. So it was kind of like a halfway step of, oh, these are, I remember how Americans interact and yeah. <laughs> what having access to the internet all the time is like. And it's like, okay, now I'm ready to kind of be back in that environment. Right. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, that you could, you know, kind of understand that you were at that point. So, yeah. And it was definitely just time to be back with family. I, during that year, my brother got engaged and, you know, I found out I was going to have a nephew. So it was like, oh, I miss being yeah. family and mm-hmm. being close enough that, you know, I could be part of these kinds of events. And so it just kind of all those ideas just really was like, okay, you know. And, you know, I'll stick out the rest of this year, but when the time comes, I'm ready to go home. Right. Just get yourself in the mindset. And yeah. yeah. So how have you been able to kind of, I guess, take what you've learned from the Peace Corps and apply it to your life back in the U.S.? I know that's really a kind of a loaded question, but. Um, <laughs> well, and I feel like it kind of has two answers. Like there are definitely specific skills that I learned while there that apply to my work now. And that's kind of, you know training, volunteers, group facilitation, public speaking, event organization, how do you monitor and evaluate programs and Mm -hmm. definitely the whole communication aspect of life where, you know, they're just learning how to communicate in a different culture helps you communicate in your own culture better, but just understanding that people do have different backgrounds and react to information differently. And so how do you communicate in a way that is best for this person. And so those are definite specific skills that I learned in the Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. But there, I mean, there, there's also kind of like the existential lessons that you learn. Right. And I mean, Peace Corps definitely 
taught me to kind of take a step back and examine my life and why I believe the things that I do or why I behave certain ways. And it, it makes you redefine, you know, wealth and happiness and health and what do you really need to achieve these? I mean, I lived with a family that had so little material possessions, but their sense of generosity just, it overwhelmed me on a regular basis. Like they welcomed me into their family. They were always looking out for me and making sure I had everything I needed. And it was just like, sometimes I felt guilty that they gave me so much, but it was, that was, you know, that was their gift and that's what they wanted to do for me. And so it was just you know, would we do that same thing here? Would you welcome a stranger into your home and give them everything they needed and make sure they got everywhere they needed to go and then people weren't bothering them or, you know, it's just <laughs> like they just like really took care of me like body and soul. And so mm-hmm. it was just, you know, it just taught me that you don't have to have everything in order to give or to be happy. That's so awesome. Anytime you travel, like you get a wider perspective on what it means to be human. And, you know, we seem to have so many differences and, you know, you know, we fight wars and there are so many things going on in this world. But when it comes down to it, we all want the same thing. Like we're all similar. We want to be healthy and we want to be able to provide for our families and to feel love and to love. And mm-hmm. those are kind of universal human things and whenever you travel and especially living in a new culture for two years, that, that just definitely widens your perspective of what that means. No kidding. So this has been awesome. First of all, I can only think that there are going to be lots of people considering, you know, maybe the Peace Corps. Um, So what kind of advice would you give to those people? I would say, first of all, to not be afraid of the time commitment. I mean, two years, it sounds like a long time, and some days it is a really long time, but in the overall spectrum of your life and what you do, two years is really not that much. And the value in that volunteer experience and living abroad is so worth those two years. And it seems like you're going to miss out on your friends and life and but it's, there's so much value in it that I would say, don't be a weird, don't be afraid of the time commitment. Um, mm-hmm. And then I would also say that I think being in the Peace Corps and, you know, probably traveling in general, you just have to have such a large sense of patience. <laughs> I just <laughs> like the way things run in Ghana, I learned so much patience because it just, just traveling from like village to village takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Like when I would travel from my village to the capital, it would take a day and a half, basically. Whereas and how far was that? I mean, I don't know the mileage, but like if you had your own personal vehicle, it would maybe take six hours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like if Peace Corps staff came to visit us, they would come in like their white SUV and like be there in six hours where it's like for volunteers, it's like, okay. There's no transportation from my village, so I have to sit on the side of a road, wait for a car to go by to pick me up, and then I get to the next town, and there are cars there, but I have to wait until it's full before it leaves. And And then there's no direct car from that village to the capital, and so you have to do that three or four times, and it's just... 
you just learn to sit and, yep. and be patient. Life. And read a lot of books. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely lots of reading. But yeah, I mean, it just, I think you just have to be open-minded and flexible and adaptable. And like I said before, you know, self-deprecating, like you can't take yourself too seriously. Yeah, I'm sure that that would help. I think that yeah. that could help in a lot of situations, honestly, but. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this has been really cool. I guess Great. I've been wanting to talk to you about this for a long time. <laughs> so I'm happy we finally made yeah, this happen. <laughs> I'm happy we had this chance too. So is there, did you, okay, so I know that you, because I was on your email list way back when, did you have a blog? Is that still alive? Do you have anywhere that people can reach you if they want to say hi or have questions for you? <laughs> um, I'm happy for people to email me. There were definitely volunteers who I served with who had blogs and mm -hmm. It's been my goal for like the last three years to actually make a website about my experience. And I have a lot of photos and mm -hmm. those emails that I send out were kind of like mini newsletters of what I was doing and the interesting like food I was eating and right. babies being born in our courtyard and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, um, I have a URL, but nothing up there right now. Okay. But, well, we'll put the link there when you finally get it done. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and for now, there is a there is actually a comment section on every um, show notes page for every episode. And so um, I guess if people have questions for you, they can comment there. And if you want to participate, that would be wonderful. So definitely, I'd be more than happy to answer any questions people have. Awesome. You guys heard it first. If you have questions, <laughs> she's there to answer. So, all right. Well, Allison, thank you so much. It's been really great. I've loved having you on and uh, yeah, best of luck with everything going forward. Great. Thanks so much, Jackie. It was so fun to talk about this. Yeah. Revisit everything. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Great. Well, we'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Sounds good. Okay. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Allison Terry. And remember that if you if you do have questions that she might be able to answer for you, go ahead and comment in the comment section on the show notes page, which you can find at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 21. And there's also a couple of photos there as well as a link to her photo album, which is super fun to look through if you're interested in that. And one more announcement before I go today, my ebook is officially live on Amazon. So the Aspiring Traveler's Handbook, you can now get as an ebook. I'm so excited to be able to offer this for you guys to be able to take it on the road. It is live on the Kindle store. So go check that out. And thanks again for tuning in today. I really hope you were able to learn something about the Peace Corps. And we will see you same time next week. Thanks a lot, guys.